LV55 Media LLC presents Private Investigations Read Aloud, a chronological scene-by-scene read-through of the Private Investigations Book 1 and Book 2 novel for the viewing community. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Sam exits Freeway 6 onto Lakeshore Avenue, about a mile and a half further south than where the girls last reported. He continues driving south, carefully surveying every blue vehicle he glimpses. As the road curves, he sees the Westlake newspaper building to his left and views two security personnel at the security booth interrogating the single occupant driver of the blue sedan at the gate and quickly deducts this isn't the suspect vehicle. I need to see any blue Subaru sedan with a rear spoiler and two occupants, one being a female passenger, and I already know what Lisa looks like, Sam thinks. I have the license plate number, 7HJC397. What if the girls get to her first? I've taught them a lot of PI techniques. I know they're good with their martial arts. I already told them not to take any unnecessary chances and to call me or Donna right away. Lakeshore Avenue suddenly turns right, forcing Sam to stop at the light. He's forced to make a quick decision on what to do when the light turns green, left or straight. After gazing to his left towards the large shopping mall, Sam deducts it's filled with too many cars and patrons. As his eyes dart to the right, he notices two women dragging bags on wheels behind them walking through the lot, probably towards their vehicles from what Sam deducts is a college or business park of some sort. His interest peaks by what he notices next. Although the parking lot is full, it looks like cars can also park underneath the 361 freeway in one of four parking lots no taller than nine feet high, divided by the concrete support walls holding up the freeway overpass. He also notices a gray 12-story building right behind the overpass. As the light turns green, Sam makes his decision and drives straight, hangs a quick right into the parking lot, then a quick left towards the parking lot underneath the freeway overpass. Sam pulls into an empty stall three spaces from the end and quickly exits his vehicle. He maneuvers through some thick bushes over to the first parking lot on the left after seeing an unlocked gate in the middle of the chain link fence covering the 60 foot wide opening. As he opens the gate, nothing is seen down the whole darkened length of space, just the loud sounds of the vehicle speeding above. Sam maneuvers through the bushes again over to the second dark parking structure, peeks around the corner and spots two vehicles parked on the right side of the dark structure about 40 yards away. Sam slips his hand inside his jacket, grips the gun handle resting in its holster and proceeds cautiously walking down the middle of the parking structure. Standing close together in the third darkened parking structure underneath the freeway overpass is Stephen and Blaine Evans, a British citizen conducting their business transaction as Lisa stands motionless, her handcuffed hands in front of her body and a bandana covering her mouth. She momentarily looks down at the suitcase sitting next to Blaine, then looks back and forth at Stephen and Blaine as they continue discussing business. Well, Mr. Wilder, it looks like this transaction is almost complete, Blaine says, speaking in his British accent. My client is extremely happy with young Lisa here. 
She meets all his expectations. When will I get my first payment, Stephen demands, as Blaine briefly looks towards Stephen before looking down at his cell phone. Patience, Mr. Wilder. I am just waiting for final confirmation from the bank that the first half of your payment has been successfully wired to your account. You know you made me rush this one. I usually don't operate like this, Stephen complains, while poking his finger hard against Blaine's chest, moving Blaine's upper body slightly backward. And as you can see, she's not drugged up. Blaine stays cool and calm while slightly raising his hand, still looking down towards his cell phone, waiting. Still hearing the loud steady stream of fast moving vehicles above his head, Sam slowly walks closer to the two cars parked in the second lot and checks the rear plates. I found it, he thinks, the blue Subaru with a rear spoiler, just like the girls described. 7HJC397. He walks closer in between the cars, checking for any occupants. None. Sam briefly scans the area before walking over to the other car and placing his hand on the hood. It's still warm, he thinks. Sam pulls his phone from his jacket, speed dials a number, and waits, then begins speaking in a low voice. Because my phone's on vibrate, how close are you? Sam asks. You'll see my car parked in a lot off Lakeshore Avenue that's right next to the 361 overpass. No, I'm standing right next to it. Sam quickly scans the area again. I'm underneath 361. Get here as fast as you can. I gotta go. Sam ends the call, places his phone in his pocket, pulls his gun out, and continues walking forward in the darkened structure, this time against the wall clutching his gun. Suddenly, a loud noise is heard from above like something's crashing down through the 10-foot opening showing in the sky that separates the north and southbound lanes causing Sam to duck for cover. After he gathers his composure, he raises his gun chest high in front of his body before arriving at a narrow opening in the concrete wall, maybe an inch wide. After Sam peeks through with one eye, his eyes grow wide when he sees the back of Lisa's body Stephen and Blaine standing on the other side of the concrete wall, no more than 20 feet away. I hope the girls don't suddenly show up, he thinks. To learn more about Sam Aquino and the many other characters involved in these mysterious, intriguing, suspenseful, and coincidental fiction stories, purchase a copy of Private Investigations, Book 1 and Book 2, in one volume, by visiting Doran's Publishing, available both in softcover and ebook formats, also available at Amazon Books and Barnes & Noble.